put in this. Preventing Sexual Violence and Conflict, Galvanising the International Community to a Greater Effort. And this is presented by uh, Mr Tom Byrne, who is the Second Secretary for the Foreign and Security Policy at the British High Commission in Canberra. We're very honoured to have him come up here today to talk to us about this uh, initiative that's been launched by British Foreign Secretary William Hague. Thomas, uh, Tom has worked on foreign and security policy issues at the British High Commission in Canberra now for two and a half years, and in this role he engages with the Australian Government and civil society to identify opportunities for UK-Australia cooperation to address global issues of shared concern, of course, which when peace and security is, is, is a very important one for, for both of us. He has studied at the University of Warwick and at the London School of Economics and joined the Foreign and Commonwealth Office in 2003, a very busy year for you in 2003. <laughs> he has previously served as a political officer at the British Embassy in Iran uh, from 2006 to 2009 and as head of operations in the FCA's Crisis Management Department from 2009-2010. So we're very honoured to have you. Uh, as mentioned before, I work in the Foreign and Security Policy section of the High Commission in Canberra, so my main role is to engage with the Australian Government and civil society and uh, academia and universities on global foreign policy issues, essentially. So that can be sort of exchanging views or analysis, but in some cases it's actually... Um, also focused on trying to coordinate action or you know, funding projects in some cases. One of the areas which I focus on is uh, in my job is human rights and sort of international legal issues. Uh, so mainly sort of trying to link up the UK and the Australian governments and, and to some extent the wider communities interested in those fields. And so I came up last year to, to the UQ Responsibility to Protect Centre there to have a similar sort of event to this one about responsibility to protect which I certainly found it very useful to hear about some of the expertise around the room in, in that field, and I hope to um, ask you all a bit more about your work a bit later on. But also, one of the things I've been working on in particular in the last few months has been this particular initiative, which hopefully some of you may have heard of, but um, if not, hopefully what I'll be able to do over the next sort of 20 minutes, half an hour or so, is explain a bit where this idea has come from, what we've been doing on it so far, and uh, what might come next. One of the important things to understand about this initiative is that it's, it's essentially come from William Hague himself as the Foreign Secretary, and this is something he's picked out as an issue which he thinks needs to be addressed, but also importantly can be addressed, that, that we're approaching a period where there is a sort of a, a position where there is all, you know, we're getting towards a critical mass of both opinion but also energy within the wider international community, both governmental and non-governmental, is something we, we can actually now do something about to try and end sort of the culture of impunity and to deter um, you know, current and future uh, atrocities like this. So the initiative is, is not about the UK government trying to solve it on its own, because um, you know, even, even though we've, we've got to that state, it is still a massive task. It's about trying to, to as I say, galvanise the international community to actually catalyse people who are already interested in, in a lot of cases actually already doing a lot of really good work in this area, into actually sort of forming a more coherent uh, and focused drive over the next couple of years to actually really make a lot of important progress in this area. So I'll go through, give you an idea of sort of the structure of the presentation here. Hopefully it will flow and be relatively logical. So I'll start off by sort of, you know, start at the start. What, what are we talking about and, and why now? 
go through the sort of strategy, you know, from our perspective at least, what what the Foreign Secretary has in mind and how he wants, how how he how he sees it as as, as going from here. Give you a bit of an idea of what's happened so far, uh, and a bit more detail on a couple of case studies, I guess. Then what might happen next, and then you know the working with partners bit, which is you know hopefully would be particularly interesting. Give you an idea of who who we we're teaming up with in this area, and some of the things we've done already, and some of the things we've got in mind, both working with other governments, but also with you know wider civil society, and then. From my perspective, at least, hopefully the, the the last bullet there, questions and suggestions will will you know enlighten me on you know some of the work you're doing already, if it's particularly relevant to this, but also just if you have any observations uh, or ideas, suggestions on any of this, and then you know, we'll see where the conversation goes. Great. So if that sounds okay, I'll get started. So what are we talking about? We're talking about. I mean, this is probably all. Yeah, very familiar to you and probably more familiar to you than, than to me as a non-expert in the area, but it might be worth just trying to define exactly sort of the parameters of this initiative. So we're talking about the use of sexual violence in conflict a tactic or a weapon to physically and psychologically injure, also humiliate, degrade and stigmatise individuals and communities. A couple of things to note here, we're talking, as it says, specifically talking about in conflict situations and also to note that we're talking about this violence as it can be perpetrated against women, men and children. So although primarily women are, from the great majority of the victims here, it's not limited to women. But it builds on quite a lot of um, international law and UN Security Council resolutions that are uh, particularly focused on. So it's looking to, to build upon that and, and uh, give further energy to the efforts that are already going, ongoing in that area. From sort of a legal perspective, we're, in terms of the, the criminal aspect of it here, um, probably the most useful thing to, to note in the context of this initiative is the, the G8 declaration, which was agreed last month by the foreign ministers of the, the G8 countries. So that's US, Canada, UK, France, Germany, Italy, Russia, and Japan. That they all considered that rape and serial sexual violence constituted great breaches of the Geneva Conventions, uh, in addition to you know, their relevance to international humanitarian law and other war crimes. The other thing probably that is worth noting here is that part of the, uh, the thinking that's informing this initiative, at least, is you know, the contribution, the hopeful success of this initiative could have to the actual you know, conflict resolution and the conflict cycle here. It's informed by a belief that the Foreign Secretary has that addressing sexual violence and its use in conflict and the effects that it has on victims is, is essential to strengthening the ability to, to respond to, to conflicts, to resolve them, but also to prevent them happening again in the future. That you know, having victims of this sort of sexual violence who, who don't receive justice and then return, either remain or return to their communities after the conflict's over um, is not satisfactory, is not acceptable. And actually, that sort of culture that if it's not addressed and we have this continuing sense of impunity risks making future conflicts more likely. So that's informed by that idea as well. And again, worth making the point here that this is 
something that William Hague is really personally committed to. He's, he's, compared, it to, he's compared the effort to, that he's trying to galvanise to, uh, to end this sense of impunity around sexual violence and conflict to things like the campaign against the slave trade 200 years ago. Um, yeah, that, that he, he's written a couple of books in his time before becoming foreign secretary. One was about William Wilberforce, who did you know, play a leading role in combating the slave trade. And I think it's probably quite helpful to, to, to view his leadership in this area in that, in that sort of context, that it is something that in the first couple of years of becoming foreign secretary and going to some of these countries where this particular problem has really you know, personally um, uh, affected him. And he's he picked it as one of the areas where he wants to focus uh, the resources and energies of his ministry on trying to do as much as it can to address. Um, so that's hopefully given you an idea about what we're talking about. But please jump in at any time you want clarification, although I'm happy to try and address those questions at the end too. So yes, the quick sort of quote there on, on what the vision of this is. A, a world in which it is inconceivable that thousands of women, children and men can be raped in the course of a conflict because an international framework of deterrence and accountability makes it impossible. So that's what, where he's trying to, to get uh, uh, to. Uh, that's a speech he made, or excerpt from a speech he made last year, uh, last month, rather. Uh, the photo is from April, I believe, when he, along with Angelina Jolie, who's been quite a, a central figure in this campaign, visited the Democratic Republic of Congo and to some of the, the camps in the east in particular where there are victims of, of sexual violence in conflict. So, so that was the vision. How do we how do we get there? There's a few sort of objectives, in, in a sense, things that we we think need to happen in order to to, to get us closer towards that sort of end, end state. So, as I've said before, it's looking about it's it's recognizing that is a, there is already a lot of work going on in this area, uh, a lot of really good work. Um, you know, whether that's within the UN system, whether that's you know, Secretary General's special representative on, on this issue, um, whether it's you know, many of the international and domestic NGOs around the world who are already working on this area, whether it's you know, people who are in the international justice system too. But what, what this initiative hopefully is about is just bringing focus of people on this issue to ensure that there, you know, as much resources as possible is allocated to the people who are working in this area, that it's all as joined up as together, uh, and that as many people as possible who act in this field are reinforcing each other. So that's the basic idea of, of that, the coherence point. Another objective is to, to change the, the way in which everyone views this issue as a conflict issue. Um, one of the things that we at least think is you know, a deficiency at the moment is in too many situations um, uh, international actors or, or players in conflict view this as a secondary conflict issue something that doesn't necessarily have to be in you know, if the Security Council is a, a, addressing a conflict that's broken out often in the past this hasn't been an issue that's been included in you know, the mandate of a peacekeeping or peace response okay. in, international body you know the William Hague wants that to change. He, he sees this as a primary conflict issue, and one of the things he he was keen to get and was was achieved in the the G8 Foreign Minister Declaration last month was recognition that this was a primary conflict issue, and that 
future you know, Security Council resolutions should have uh, you know, text in them mandating the, the peacekeeping operation to you know, staff a team or, or, or come up with a, an objective that it would have to pursue regarding sexual violence in the conflict, you know, assessing whether it's happening, uh, and if so, you know, immediately responding to it. So we want to change the, you know, make it impossible for future conflicts to, future conflict responses to overlook this issue. Another objective, relatively obvious, I guess, more prosecutions and convictions, you know, at least in the, the first few years uh, of ending this impunity and creating this deterrence, it will have to be through increasing prosecutions and convictions, although obviously if, you, you know, if everything goes to plan, it, you know, hopefully the, the need to do that will become less and less, but it would obviously always need to be there. Um, so there's you know, work to be done there, or continuing on existing work in terms of improving and supporting capacity building in, you know, at national level, uh, and making sure also there's support uh, for uh, and capacity for international um, justice and bodies to, to do the work as well when, when necessary. And also worth saying that you know, part of this initiative is actually ensuring there is as much support as possible for people who have already you know, tragically become victims of this, this issue in, in past years and in, um, unfortunately too in, in, in current conflicts. So there's, there's focus on making sure that um, uh, those people are supported too. Another quote there which is from, from William Hague which was he made at uh, uh, the launch earlier on this year of the special team of experts sexual violence experts who have been recruited by the British government to be able to be deployed, sent to conflict situations or post-conflict situations to, to assist uh, with the response uh, to sexual violence and conflict crimes. Um, yeah, he, he's making the point there about you know, the UK you know, focusing uh, its you know, diplomatic resources, people expertise on, on trying to to, to bring together and support people who are already working in this field. So progress so far. It, it, I actually just noticed on the way up today when I was looking over through a couple of the speeches that William Haig made about this issue was that it's, um, it was this week last year where he actually launched the initiative. So it's actually one year old, but I'll, I'll take you through um, a few things that have started so far. So that was a, you know, a year ago he, he, he announced this was something he wanted to, as Foreign Secretary, pursue, make a priority. Um, there was uh, some initial consultation with NGOs who are active in this field last year and then leading into um, a, sort of a multi-day conference with some of them to try and actually put, to, to, to get ideas and make sure that the actual initiative plan was as, you know, focused and as robust as possible. As I just mentioned before, the creation of this team of uh, experts, this has been recruited by the UK's Stabilisation Unit, which is equivalent to the Australian Civilian Corps here, which some of you may be familiar with. So it's a group of people who primarily are non-government people, but have particular expertise in conflict issues. So it's existed for several years in the UK already. The change now is that they're going to be people recruited to this cadre who have specialities in victim support, support to victims of sexual violence, legal expertise, so to improve the 
uh, help capacity building of um, justice systems in, in these countries, and you know, health um, experts with relevant expertise in this field who can help health um, as sectors of, um, of governments where, where there's been conflict help, help victims here. So there have been a couple of deployments already, three in fact, um, one to the Syrian border, which was focused particularly on, on this, this health issue, helping provide health services in uh, refugee settlement areas for, uh, for victims of sexual violence in that conflict. Bosnia, which was I think, more, more focused on sort of the justice system angle, uh, and then Mali, which is um, someone I think still there at the moment, in fact, who is uh, sort of being implanted into or at least assisting the Malian authorities, uh, making sure they have a you know, uh, as strong response as possible to, to this issue in, in their situation. Moving more to sort of the, the diplomatic side of things, um, UK has increased its funding to some of the, the key offices within the UN system who are, uh, are looking to um, progress work in this area and who, who depend on um, member states to, to uh, uh, ensure there's you know, reliable enough um, funding flows for them to be able to work in this area. And you know, one of the most important partnerships, sort of on a personal basis, Hague has had in this area has been with uh, Zainab Bangura, the Special representative on this issue, which you know, her, her, her um, well, you know, existing leadership in this area is obviously um, well known, and, um, and you know, the support and advice she's given to this initiative has been really uh, essential. More, as, as I've mentioned already, there's you know, supporting people in the field. There's you know, more money going towards people who are already active to make sure they can continue doing their work. More money to people who are doing research, which. Um, something that Sarah and I have been contacting already to try and see if there's an opportunity here, um, you know, research which can, can help inform future decisions and future activity to respond to this problem. A couple of other examples there about you know, countries who the UK has teamed up with or, or um, you know, got, uh, encouraged to make commitments to this issue. And last bit there, uh, the Australian government. I uh, just wanted to give you a little sense about how this is fitting in with my work, at least. Um, so the UK and Australia obviously have a very close relationship across a whole range of issues, anyway. And you know, Australia was sort of you know, clearly a, a, an important potential partner when we started this initiative. And uh, when William Hay came over to Australia in January of this year, it was it was one of the issues that we covered in the the ministerial meetings there. And um, um, so Bob Carr, as the, the Minister of Responsibility for AusAid, um, agreed at that point to uh, set up a, uh, a group of experts within the Australian Civilian Corps, um, and that's the recruitment for those positions is you know, underway. They've, they've been advertised, and stabilisation unit in the UK and Australian Civilian Corps are in close contact about you know, issues regarding the establishment of that of those teams. Um, so that's been that's been really good. And um, it's, it's something I, I talk to a, uh, Australian officials about a fair bit increasingly down in Canberra, uh, where I'm usually based. A bit more detail there on, on a couple of the things I've mentioned there. Um, here's uh, an example. This was the, the first Syrian deployment from the teams of experts. It's, it was focused primarily on helping 
uh, support the sort of prosecution path there. Um, obviously, I'm sure you're very clear. One of one of the problems often is you know accumulating evidence in these sorts of situations, particularly in the war zones, is is difficult. And that was one of the things that we were keen to try and help support uh, the type of work. Uh, in addition to the, the medical health support I was referring to earlier on, there's there are already plans for a, for a second deployment to Syria, to the Syrian border region, I should say, um, which will be happening soon, I think. Which uh, country border with Syria? I'm not sure, actually, um, but it would it would be one of the areas where refugees were going into. The so sports I, can, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. If I can find out, I will come back to you on that. Yeah, the G8 declaration, which I've already covered as well, was sort of, you know, so far at least the the, the main diplomatic focus here. Picked out here a few a few key points. I'll be leaving this. Um, presentation with Sarah, so if you want to have a look at this in a bit more detail, you, you may have indeed already read the entire declaration be very familiar with it, but that there's a, a few of the, at least from, from our perspective, we, things that we were particularly keen to get into the document and get that sort of recognition. Um, the document itself is, is not legally binding, but the, the idea of it is to create sort of a, um, a sense of you know, norms, I guess, and political momentum behind some of these ideas. And one of the important things of the declaration was that it, it commissioned work on an international protocol, uh, uh, which I'll come to in a minute. But there's a few of the, um, uh, the key points um, to be aware of in it. So, next steps. I'll go to the second one first, actually, since we've just been talking about that, the international protocol. So, so it's focused, its aim is to try and collect together in, in one hopefully user-friendly document best practice uh, drawn from experiences and, and expertise of um, you know, justice you know, professionals, practitioners and, and people who've actually been trying to bring to justice some of the perpetrators of these uh, crimes and conflict situations. So the drafting for this is you know, about to begin or begin a think this week and will go on for several months and it involves people from you know from the ICC it involves people from who are active in other ways in, in this field so it's looking to to draw together all, all the, the, the bits of best practice put them together so that it can then be uh, an accessible document for national authorities across the world or, or other people who are active in this field who, who want to know how best to, to address this this issue so hopefully we'll provide a framework for people who um, uh, are energised to, to try and tackle this or who, who are receiving increased support from the international community uh, to, try, to try and put those sort of aspirations into action. I'll go back, step back now to the top one. The UK is president, of, holds the presidency of the United Nations Security Council in June and William Hague has decided that the, if the, the key debate that um, as presidency of the UK will hold in June will be on this issue and it will be so, so looking at how the Security Council can support national authorities in particular uh, in building the capacity to, to address um, sexual violence and conflict uh, crimes 
you know, this is something that obviously is relevant to my work uh, in Canberra uh, with Australia now on the UN Security Council. We've been in close contact with Australians over Australian officials over the last few months to try and to let them know this was the, the issue we wanted to focus on because you, you can usually only have one debate in 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 the month and uh, this was what we wanted to focus on. This is what we wanted to try and get you know consensus around the table uh, in New York on. Um, and so later, well, tomorrow tomorrow is the first of June. Um, later on in the uh, in the month, this this debate will be coming up. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to see some of the decisions that come out of it, but I'm yeah, happy to keep in touch with you if you want more detail after the event. What other next steps are sort of continuations or developments of some of the things I've already mentioned before? You know, more deployments of teams of experts to conflict zones, um, DRC, South Sudan, uh, already in the planning stage. As I said, funding to, to research projects, which can come from, from anywhere in the world, not just the UK, on that can that can inform uh, a stronger response to this issue, and and moving out from from the G8 through the United Nations Security Council to, to other Europe, uh, international bodies to to make sure that they prioritise this as an issue which should be addressed. So from the UK perspective, at least, we'd be looking at things like the OSCE, NATO, the, uh, the European Union, um, the African Union as well, of course, um, but. Um, you know, there's, there's room for, you know, as I said before, this initiative isn't about the UK doing all the work or telling everyone what to do. It's to try and uh, sort of galvanise people to, to take a lead in their own area. So it doesn't necessarily need to be limited to those international bodies listed there. So that's probably a relatively uh, quick run through what the initiative is about. So hopefully it's, it's giving you a sense of, of how it all fits together as a whole. Um, because uh, I'm conscious that you know, there are lots of different things going on and it might not always be clear from, from the outside what, where it's all, all coming from we're trying to get to, but hopefully I've conveyed that sense. be interested to hear, obviously, any questions or if you've, if you've got anything that's you know, not clear that I might be able to clarify, of course, I'll try to do that, but also just keen for, for observations on whether the initiative but also whether just the, you know, the general problem you know, as I, I've hopefully sort of communicated, this is you know an initiative that is looking to sort of get as many people involved as possible. You know, any any ideas or any observations or any you know reflections you have would be certainly I'd find very interesting to learn and happy to to relay uh, any of them back to my colleagues in London who are sort of working on this full time. Great, thank you, Tom. That was very illuminating. Uh, I think I think that was actually a particularly um, Inspiring way to end to end the touch. Um, you know, it's for policy connecting with, with academe. It's it's very hard for both of us to talk to each other. I think at times. So I sincerely appreciate you. Uh, you coming out and consulting with us and talking to us. And I hope the conversation can keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we sincerely appreciate it. And and I also think too. You know. Big ideas are, are riddled with problems, but, but having them is, is I think, a, a really important first step. So I really sincerely appreciate, as I said, the, 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 the personal aspirations behind what's going on here as well. So thank you so much, Tom, for thank coming you. up. And it's been really wonderful for all of you and your questions as well. So I hope you have benefited from it. Absolutely. It's been, thank you to all for coming along and listening to me mm -hmm. and, and then for engaging with me. So 
enthusiastically afterwards, and it really was useful. And I'll, I will be, as I said, feeding back your ideas to my colleagues in, in London. So, Grand uh, applause now. Yeah, <laughs> and, but, no, I would. Uh, but as I said, I would like to sort of continue this conversation, I mean, mm. probably through Sarah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, what I can do then is I'd be happy Before if you want to, yeah, yeah, and then I can have an email server list maybe as well so that yeah. specific members can come back to you as well. Okay. That would be great. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.